This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Demarest, CPA with Parmelis & Associates. Uh, for those of you that know, my firm specializes in automotive repair shop. Over the last two years, my firm has helped tons of auto repair shops get the economic injury disaster loan or the idle loan. You know, for those of you that aren't aware of what this is, it was a program rolled out during COVID times to give small businesses loans for operating capital, um, you know, pay off debt, a lot of other things that we'll talk about a little bit later. Sad news is, is the times for idle loans is officially over by the time you are listening to this. Uh, they're still processing applications that are already in the queue and rate or increase requests, but they are not accepting any new applications. You possibly got an email in the last week or so letting everyone know that the program is officially out of money. I want to get into all these details and kind of some reminders about the do's and don'ts of this. But before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. Okay, you just flip through a pile of papers to find that invoice while your customer waits impatiently. Talk about dumb use of your time. You need a digital shop management system that makes you look smart. GetShopware.com As a shop owner, it's important to invest in the right tools to help your business grow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow, an endorsed Napa Auto Care program, is committed to helping the whole shop reach its full potential. Please visit them at RepairShopOfTomorrow.com. So this week, we're going to be talking about the EIDL or the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. So for those of you that are not aware of this, it is a loan that they announced, I guess, about March of 2020, uh, right around a similar time that they announced the PPP. You remember the PPP was just a grant, essentially. It was not taxable on a federal level and did not have to be paid back. On the other hand, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, the EIDL, is just that. It's a loan. It needs to be paid back. Now, the terms are pretty favorable on it. You're able to get up to $2 million at 3.75% interest and pay back over 30 years. Now, like I mentioned before, if you have a loan right now, you don't have any active applications in or increases, then what you have is what you have. You're not getting any more. If you have not applied for this, you've ran out of time. They are out of money. Now, if you already have an application in, they just haven't processed it, or you have an increase request in that has not been processed, the agents have said that they are still working on that. They don't know how much of those will be able to get pushed through, but they did say that they are still working on those. So now, what can I use this for? There is some specific things, and I think that it sometimes is a little bit cloudy, but essentially they want you to use this for two different things. They want you to use this for ongoing operating expenses of your business, and they've also allowed you to do to use it to pay or prepay non-SBA debt. So what this program is, it's not a new program. It's new for a lot of people because most people have never seen this, but the EIDL program has been used for years and decades, really. Generally, the EIDL is used in situations of natural disasters. I've actually had a couple of clients that have had these over the years, mostly from hurricanes. And so what they do, you know, in normal times is targeted areas of people that were affected by some of these disasters are able to get these loans, you know, low interest rates, longer term to help them get back on their feet. 
Now, obviously, in the times that we had now, you know, a nationwide pandemic like COVID, they uh, kind of opened up this program for just about anyone and everyone to get this money. For those of you that got the money on it, you probably realized how scary easy it was. Um, You know, I did a lot of these applications, but towards the end of it, I could go through an application at all of three minutes. Three minutes to get $20 million in money is kind of outrageous if you ask me. Now, they did ask for some documentation. They did ask for some tax returns on it. And it seemed to run a gamut on how long this took people. Some people had absolutely no issue, were able to fly through the application, give a couple documents, get funded and be done. I have other people that we've been kind of just stuck in limbo for months and months and months. But the reason I talk about why this program has been on, you know, and, and what it's been used for in the past is to talk about the idea of what they want people to use this for. They want you to use this for your business, to stay solvent, to keep people employed, to keep the doors open, to keep the lights on. You know, this is really uh, directly meant for people who need this money. And without this working capital, without these extra funds, they're not going to be able to continue their business. That is why the biggest reason that they talk about is they want you to use this for ongoing operating expenses of your business. Hey, business slowed down, don't have money to meet payroll. That's what the idle money's for. Hey, business has slowed down, getting a little bit behind on some of my vendor bills. This is what the idle money is used for. Another thing that they rolled out a little bit later in this program that some people aren't even aware of that you can use this for is paying or prepaying non-SBA debt. And so this is very important to realize what kind of debt it is. So if you have a regular loan through a bank, if you have a car loan, uh, leases are probably not a great example because all the interest is on there. But if you have any sort of loan or line of credit or credit card, all those are eligible to be completely paid off with your EIDL loan. Now, if you have an SBA loan, either a 7A loan, a 504, real estate, whatever it is, you are not allowed to use the EIDL money to pay off that SBA, right? Because some of you might be thinking, wow, Hunt, this is 3.75% interest. That's at least one, one and a half points lower than what most banks are lending out on loans. And if I'm thinking through this correctly, can I use this EIDL money to refinance a six, six and a half percent loan that I have on my books? And the answer is yes, as long as it's not SBA. And I recommend this. Have you ran up credit cards, right? Have you been making the minimum payments on your credit cards as that interest racks up? Use the EIDL money, pay that off. That credit card's costing you about 20% interest a year. The EIDL is going to be 3.75% interest. Not only save you a ton of money of interest, really help you a lot on cash flow. Hey, Hunt, I have a $225,000 equipment note for some equipment that I use to buy my business. Can I use that? As long as it's not SBA, yes, you can go ahead and use this EIDL money to pay that off. Again, you're going to be able to stretch out the terms and you're going to be able to pay a lower interest rate, which is going to save you money. Now, one of the tips here that I like to remind people is don't get too caught up in that 30 years. Yes, you have 30 years to pay this back, but how long do you want to be in business? Do you want that note to stretch out for 30 years? The answer is probably no. If you have an equipment loan, if you have a line of credit, if you have credit cards, obviously the normal payback time is much, much, much less than 30 years, right? A normal bank loan for equipment or a refinance or something like that is generally five to seven years. 
And so my recommendation to my clients that you know I talk about this with is if you have a loan, let's use that $225,000 as an example. If you have a $225,000 loan out there at 6% interest, yeah, for sure, use the EIDL money if you have it available and pay that off. Now what you're going to do is you're replacing that 6% loan with a 3.75% loan. Again, this is can be paid back over 30 years, but what I recommend if you're, you know, have the capital to do so is continue to make the same exact payment that you were before, you're used to making that payment, but instead of paying this back at 6% interest, you're going to pay it back at 3.75% interest. You know, in rough numbers for an example here, if you have 5 years left on it at 6%, if you continue to make those same payments at 3.75%, you probably only have 5 years left. You know, so it's cutting time off these loans by lowering down that interest rate. Again, if you don't have the money if you're saying, "Hunt, I can pay this off, but you know, I don't I still don't have the cash flow to be able to pay that back." then fine. You know, you have you can make it a little bit lower uh, payment on this and stretch this out longer, but just don't get up, caught up in that trap where you're refinancing all this stuff, stretching these terms out. And what you did was kind of exchange cash for even more debt, and now you really strapped your business for the coming years. Last thing on this one is non or SBA debt. So SBA debt, I'm not allowed to use it to prepay it, right? I can't use it and say, "All right, I'm going to pay my SBA loan for the next year." or I'm going to use this money and completely pay off my SBA loan, that is not allowed. However, you are allowed to use the money to make regularly scheduled SBA loan payments. That's essentially treated like an operating expense of your business, and you're allowed to make those payments. As much as you love the shop routine that you have now, I'll tell you that switching to a cloud-based shop management system will pay off in more ways than you can imagine. Not only will you let go of bad habits that are costing you money, you'll free up more time for your techs to fix more cars. Your quotes will be quicker and more accurate, and you'll make more money per part than you ever did before. We all know that time is money. When you streamline your day, you waste less time on repetitive brain drains. Start fresh by going to your favorite browser and looking up GetShopware.com. The orange Book a Demo button will set you on a journey for more profit and less stress. You'll never look back. Check it out at GetShopware.com. As a shop owner, it's important to invest in the right tools to help your business grow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow, an endorsed Napa Auto Care coaching and marketing program, is committed to helping the whole shop reach its full potential by utilizing their industry-leading learning management system. Repair Shop of Tomorrow have produced over 50 learning modules to provide continuing education for shop owners, service advisors, and technicians. Their learning management system allows all employees to learn exactly what the owner is learning on their own time. Training modules such as Repair Order Workflow, Advisor Huddle, Business Flowchart, and Driving Profitability helps ensure everyone in the shop knows what the right looks like and understand their responsibilities inside the organization. When the team is all operating with the same playbook, the results are remarkable. For more information about their programs, please visit them at repairshopoftomorrow.com. So what can I not use this for? Now, the two big things that I see people trying to use this for, which is a definite no-no from the SBA, is they do not want you to buy new real estate and they do not want you to buy new equipment. Now, it might seem a little bit strange. Why does the SBA care what I buy, especially something like this that has collateral on it? 
But again, go back to what this was originally made for. This was originally made for natural disasters. If you read some of these rules and regulations, it talks about relocation and different stuff like that. And you might be thinking, that's kind of weird as it relates to COVID, because it is. A lot of this stuff was not written for the current use in COVID times. It was written for that stuff. At the end of the day, you know, I think that the logic behind this is, hey, this is to keep your business alive. This is not for you to make expansions of your business like buying another piece of real estate. This is not for you to make expansions of your business like buying new equipment or replacing the equipment that you have. Um, you know, this is to be used for essentially the bare minimum of keeping your business going and keeping your business solvent. Now, that being said, there are some creative ways that you can kind of do some of those things while still following the rules of what the SBA allows us to do. So let's say that you want to go out and buy a piece of equipment. I'm going to give you two examples, one that would not be allowed and another one that would be allowed. So let's say that you want to go out and buy a new alignment machine. It's $80,000 for the alignment machine. And so you're thinking, Hunt, I'm going to use my EIDL money. I'm going to write a check. I'm going to buy that for $80,000. 100% not allowed. If the SBA ever looked into this, they would slap you on the wrist and say, hey, that's not what you're supposed to use this for. However, another example is this. Let's say that you had that same $80,000 alignment rack that you wanted to buy. Instead of paying cash for it, you went to a bank and you said, hey, bank, give me a loan. I don't care how bad the interest is. Just give me a loan for $80,000. And the bank comes back and says, great, we will give you $80,000 for that equipment loan. It's going to be at 12% interest. So what do we do now? Now you have a 12% loan, which is great because we're only going to have that for a day. So instead, what I'm going to use is I'm going to get that loan, use that loan money to buy the alignment rack, or they'll pay the alignment company directly. And now I can use my EIDL money to pay off that loan. Again, we only had that loan for a day. It's a bit of a shell game, right? A bit of a bait and switch. But instead of using the EIDL money to buy a new piece of equipment, technically, I use the EIDL money to pay down that loan. Again, allowable use of this. Now, I will be open and honest with you. Is this stuff officially allowed? It's hard to tell because no one knows enough about this program, right? But I feel like if you're following the letter of the law, hey, you allowed me to prepay or pay down a debt. Does not say when the debt has to happen. It just says debt. And that's what I did. Now, another way that, you know, some people have been able to kind of free up the allowable uses of this EIDL money is kind of going the opposite direction and using it for ongoing operating expenses of your business. So here's an example. So instead of using your operating account to pay payroll, to pay your parts bill, to pay your insurance, your rent, your overhead and all of that stuff, instead of using your operating account, what if you turned around and used your EIDL account? Again, you remember, we're allowed to use this for ongoing operating expenses of our business. So I'm using my EIDL money for ongoing operating expenses of my business. So what we will end up seeing is we'll see our EIDL account go down and down and down as we burn through that using it for operating expenses. Now, at the same time, since I'm no longer using my operating account to pay these payments, I will see my operating account growing and growing and growing. Now, whatever is in my operating account, I'm allowed to use for whatever I want. The EIDL has some restrictions, but we're only using that for allowable ongoing operating expenses of our business. 
again, a bit of a shell game and take some time to really kind of uh, recategorize some of this money. But it's a strategy that I've seen used again. Will it stand up? Will the SBA ever look into it? Who knows? But we are using it for what they allow us to do. Now, to follow up on this of Hunt, how hard are they going to look into this? Personal preference, you know, or personal thoughts on this is obviously we have no idea. It's never happened before to this magnitude. The amount of loans that they have out there is staggering. They can barely process as many loans as they have. For those of you guys that have had the loans, you know that the documents have been kind of erratic. Some people have to sign stuff. Other people don't have to sign stuff. A lot of my clients have never even gotten a statement on how much they owe on this. You know, it's just kind of the wild, wild west out there. But personal thoughts on this is that first and foremost, what the SBA is going to have to do is they're going to have to start going after the companies that never pay them back a cent. Let's be realistic. There was a lot of people that got this money, used this money for allowable reasons, and then just went out of business, right? Let's say that you had a bar or restaurant. You got the EIDL money, you got $150,000, you burned through all that, and you said, guys, we're done, we're shutting down, I've had enough. They're going to have to go look for that person first to figure out that they use an allowable way that they didn't just steal this money. There's also a lot of people that... I haven't heard of this firsthand from any of my clients, obviously, but there's people out there that got this EIDL loan, shut their business down, and just rode off into the sunset with the government's money. The government is going to have probably years of catching up with the people that either for legitimate or illegitimate reasons are never going to pay them back a cent. Once they kind of get through that log of people that aren't paying them back to see if they need to, then they're going to start moving on to people that are paying them back. What are they going to look into? How strict is it going to be? We just do not know. Be safe about this, guys. You know, be smart. Don't try and be aggressive on this. Don't try to use this for personal funds. Not only is it a bad investment because it's still a loan, if if the SBA ever came and they caught this, it's the government, so they can do whatever they want. A lot of people that have kind of taken a little bit more aggressive stance on how they're using it have asked me and said, Hunt, what will happen if the SBA comes and says, you know what, you did not use that in an allowable manner? They really have two choices. They could say, hey, you did not use that in an allowable manner. This is a warning. Don't do it again. Make sure you pay us back your our money. You know, Maybe this is five years down the road and they say, you still have 25 years to pay this back. However, If you go to kind of standard banking rules, all of those are covenants of the loan. And usually what happens when you violate a covenant of a loan is it goes into default. So worst case scenario, if you use this for something that is not allowable, the SBA can knock on your door and say, Mr. Business Owner, you did not use this in allowable fashion. That means that you're in default. And since you're in default, that means that you need to pay us and pay us now. No 25 years, no 25 days. This money is due today and you need to pay us back. At that point, you're going to be in a really tricky spot. If you have the cash, then it's pretty straightforward. Here, have the money back. We're done. Now, if you don't have that money, if you used it, if you squandered it, then you're going to be scrambling to go find uh, another bank to lend you the money so that you can turn around and pay the SBA back. Now, I don't think that that's going to be a likely scenario for most people because I don't think most people are using this in an illegal manner. And then number two, like I said, the amount of loans that are out there, realistically, they're just not going to be able to check in on everyone. 
I think that probably, you know, the one thing that we will see is some sort of self-reporting, some sort of, you know, paperwork that you have to fill out at some point of saying, hey, what did you use this money on? Now, again, they'll go back and look and check up on people to see if they're telling the truth. But I just don't think that they're going to be able to go door to door, knock on every single business owner that, you know, got this and be able to go and kind of dive into their financials and figure out in that much detail. So what about if you already have this, you know, thinking about paying it back, think about keeping it kind of on the fence about it. So here's what I tell my shop if he calls me up and and they say, Hunt, thinking about paying this money back, I'm not sure if I really want this. So keep in mind here that this is very cheap interest. 3.75% is extremely cheap, especially in today's world that we have sky high inflation. But at the end of the day, it's still interest. You know, if you have a $150,000 loan, again, it doesn't need to be paid back for a little bit here, but it's still collecting interest or still charging you interest on an annual basis. That's going to cost you around $5,600 a year in interest just for the ability to hold on to that money. That's a lot. It's not the end of the world, but it's a good bit of money if it's just sitting there for no reason. So what I tell people is if you are never going to use it, pay it back. What I mean by never going to use it is let's say that you have $400,000 of your own money in your business and then an extra $150,000 of the EIDL money. $400,000 for most businesses is more money than they would need to burn through before something really terrible goes on. In that situation, I'd probably say, why are we spending the extra $5,600 a year paying interest on cash that we just do not need? I'm going to turn around and I'm going to pay that back. However, if you're sitting here and you got $20,000 in your account, plus you got the $150,000 of the EIDL money, I'm hanging on to that, right? I'm paying interest on it, but it's my safety blanket. It's going to cost me a little bit of money every single month, but it's going to allow me to sleep better, allow me to make better decisions that are not predicated based on my cash flow. And the last thing here is if you are on the fence about it, I would probably keep it. Personally, I think that the monthly payment for interest is cheap peace of mind knowing that you're going to be okay, that you're going to be able to remain solvent and get through any sort of downturn that you might have. Last thing about that is if you pay it back, you're not getting it back, right? So if you turn around and say, hey, I got 150,000, SBA take my money back. Next week, things get slow and you say, ooh, I changed my mind. Can I have that back? No, that's a one-way street. Last one on here that I want to touch is when do you need to start paying this? So when you first got this loan originally, it was 12 months, no payment for 12 months. And then they extended it and said no payment for 24 months. And then this March, they even pushed it back even further and they said no payment for 30 months. Now, if you just got one loan, you didn't get any renewals, any additions or anything like that, the 30 months starts on the day that you signed the loan paperwork, essentially right around the same time that you got funded on it. Now, if you originally got 150,000 and then you increased it to 500,000, then probably increase it again, the jury's still out on when this date actually starts. Technically, when you did these increases on it, they gave you a new note. And so if you're reading kind of their rules correctly, it's as of the loan date, which would mean that it was 30 months from the last loan that you signed or the last increase that you signed. I cannot guarantee that because even the SBA agents that I've talked to about this, I've gotten different answers. I've had some people say, no, it's 30 months from when you got your first SBA loan. Other people said, no, it's 30 months from your last one. 
And then a couple other ones I asked said, I have no idea. We're still unsure about that ourselves. So the big thing here is, you know, you're going to have a little bit of time, probably no matter when you got this. And so you're going to have a little bit of time to think about this before payments start. But at some point here in the next year, a lot of people are going to have to start paying this back. So I hope that this kind of gave you some insight into the program, you know, some tips on how to use this, some tips on decide whether to keep this or pay this back. Big thing I want to leave you with is be smart with this money. Scary thing is I've seen a lot of shops burning through this money just because they have it, right? They got money in the bank account. So they said, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to start giving some raises to people. I'm going to start redoing some of my property. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get some equipment. You know what? I'm going to redo my loaner car fleet, buy some inventory on it. All great ideas on it, but you're only doing that stuff because mentally you feel like that you're flush with cash and you have it. Now what happens is I look at their financials and they're sitting here with $30,000 in their bank account. And now they have an extra $500,000 in debt. Yeah, it's 30-year debt, but it's still debt that they're not having to dig themselves out of. In a perfect situation, what I'd love to see is I'd love to see a business that has this EIDL money, but still has enough cash to pay it off if they want to. They're choosing to keep that EIDL money because they want to keep that extra liquidity, but they still have that money in case you know they ever have to pay it back or they're in a position where they feel comfortable and they just want to be done with this. The big thing here is cash is king. Cash is a safety net. You know, Keep in mind what happened two years ago where things just stopped overnight. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in this market right now. You know, the stock market's not doing too great. Interest rates are rising. Inflation is rising. You know, there's a lot of very scary indicators that we could be in for maybe a little bit of a turndown here pretty soon. You know, I'm always preaching you need to keep your cash. You need to maintain your cash above everything else because profit can dry up in an instant. Cash is what's going to allow you to weather the storm. So again, thanks for joining me this week. Please share this with friends, share this with fellow shop owners, or anyone else that you think could benefit from this. If you have any questions, comments, ideas for future episodes, or want to join me on an episode, shoot me an email at podcast at Thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.